0: For the Agile community. www.agile.fm. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Agile FM. My name is Joe Krebs. Today uh, we're going to have an interesting topic. I'm going to speak with Gil Rosa, and uh, Gil is uh, the lead of 3P vantage He also wrote three books. Um, And I'm going to say um, give you the titles and the last title of the book, the the third one, is actually the one we're going to focus on today. So the first book he released was The Human Side of Agile, very intriguing as well. We could fill an entire podcast episode about that. The Agile Mindset is the second um, book. And then there is Agile for Non-Software Teams, released in December 2019. And uh, that's the topic we really want to explore a little bit today on this podcast. Welcome to the show, Gil. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Yes. Thanks for um, spending some time here to talk about this topic with um, the listeners out there. interested in this topic. So I have to tell you, um, uh, when we started talking about, hey, let's let's do a podcast episode uh, together, uh, the topic of non-software teams looking for agile is uh, is a hot topic uh, uh, these days. Mm-hmm. So we're recording this in August 2020, in the middle of uh, COVID mm-hmm. Corona crisis, and um, uh, we're going to explore this topic a little bit together. But it's a hot topic. You wrote a book about it. Why do you think it's so hot? What is going on in the non-software IT space? In the non-IT space, I'm sorry.
1: So, look, I think it's still an up-and-coming space. Um, I-, I can see what you're saying, that it's hot. But what I've found is that um, it's it's in pockets here and there. Uh, there was a lot of interest starting out in agile marketing several years ago and then HR, and um, slowly it's starting to get into additional fields. I think what's happening is that agile in tech, so let's say software and IT, has uh, has been so successful and has been around for so long that you know, executives took notice. And now everybody's talking agile transformations, but that of course implies Mm
0: -hmm. transforming
1: beyond the software team. So what about all those other people who are usually actually the majority? So, um, there is definitely interest there. Uh, for a while, all we could see is people from the other functions sort of being um, seconded or assigned to the agile teams like product owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, a marketing person might become a PO for a team, uh, but that's not ability in marketing. So what we're, mm-hmm. what we're interested in is actually helping more teams inside organizations become agile so that the organization as a whole can be more agile and not just mm-hmm. in the one, you know, unit that produces tech.
0: Mm-hmm. Are these like things that mushroom usually around the IT teams? Uh, There's IT um, functions, let's say, and then, you know, outside, let's if you want to see it this way, like outside functions that see the IT teams, it's like, hey, we want to do something like this, or how do you see that based on your um, experience happening in organization that all of a sudden there is, a, let's say an HR team or a marketing team? yeah
1: that's that's exactly how i have seen it so both my own experience with clients with um prospects with anybody i've spoken to as as well as my you know colleagues in the agile community uh it does seem to be like that right so it, it's funny how you know uh, tech, IT, for the longest time used to be the punching bag for everything that's wrong in the company. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they're not only enablers and partners. Nowadays, um, they, they're becoming a, an example of, oh, we could run like this and get better results. How about we try that? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it, what you described is exactly what's going on. People in those non-software functions, whether finance or operations or facilities or what have you. They see their colleagues in uh, IT, in product development, whatever, and say, okay, they're doing something different here. It kind of looks weird, funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, but it's working. So let's see if we can learn something from that. Mm-hmm. But but I do want to point something out about this that um, has um, come up from, you know, my study of the field in software. For the longest time, we would switch to Agile because our previous methods just weren't delivering the goods so you know waterfall has become a punching bag i'm not going to make it into a punching bag but a lot of people are saying you know we used to run this way it was standard practice the results eh not that Mm -hmm. great so the switch to agile for the longest time has been because we we needed something that delivered better what i'm seeing And, you know, this is a bit of a blanket statement, but what I'm seeing is that in non-software functions, people are not talking that way about their methods. I mean, Mm -hmm. maybe they're mismanaged in a company or just, um, I don't know, something else is going on. But generally, they use, you know, industry standards, standard practices, uh, best practices, quotes here, and so on they mm-hmm. don't think of them as broken they don't think of them as you know not delivering but they are looking for how can we do better how can we serve the business better mm-hmm. so i i think so this is a different motivation oh, and
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 no i mean like and there's definitely some groups in an organization that are more suitable right and more open to to go an agile you know say the word mindset here right um for for trying something, and what you just said, like experimenting with this and trying to become better, versus other parts of organizations. So I I've worked myself with organizations, and I can totally see some departments are just like very open to trying this, um, versus other ones. Let me let me ask you. I don't know if you can uh, just put you on the spot here, but uh, if you can, obviously <laughs> that would be awesome, right? Um, are there any kind of examples? Uh, you have from, from companies, uh, obviously, if you can share that, right, uh, where you feel like Agile was very, um, would fit nicely um, into their organizations. Is there anything that stands out? To be, uh, That would be a great, great starting point for non IT, so everything outside of IT. Um, is there anything that stands out in terms of examples you have? So, in the book, um, I actually
1: share stories from practitioners. So I have my own stories. I, I can't share a whole lot, but the diversity is pretty remarkable. So in the book, in the appendix, uh, mm-hmm. four, um, four companies contributed stories. So one was in a marketing team at a technology company, but it was the marketing situation. At another, uh, it was the team that was designing and building new offices for a really large company that's expanding fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, another example was from biotechnology. So basically, research right mm-hmm. so some research and development for um, you know new compounds, mm-hmm. um, another example that you know, actually has been um, written about uh, in other places is the Field service Operations Center at the utility. so wow. what I would say is that you know in, in order for agile to be suitable for the function or business unit or group that you are in. The, the values and beliefs, those two key elements of mindset, they just have to be relevant for you and, and, and look like something that uh, will help you get better results. So, for instance, if you have been working in a relatively uh, predictable manner, right, you put big plans together, you make commitments, you deliver on dates and so on. And I always saying, you know what, being more adaptive would be a good idea for us, mm-hmm. okay? which is why Agile is so popular in marketing now. That's an example. Another one. If you can identify a customer for, or or sometimes people call them clients, but the the generic term we use is customer, right? So if you can Mm -hmm. identify a customer for your deliverables and you can identify what the outcomes are that you produce and what the value is of those outcomes, that's already a good idea to do. So you're not just in the business of producing outputs, you're producing outcomes. So that's step one, but if you're also saying, hold on if we treated this customer as a partner Mm -hmm. would that be better for us than if we treat them as a source of requirements okay Mm -hmm. uh so for instance that is something that um, definitely um is you know shows why it's popular r right because Mm -hmm. hr they talk a lot about, you know, business partners, they talk a lot about serving and so on. So for them, you know, the perspective I, I described is, is actually natural
0: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to being an HR department that largely follows procedures and takes requests. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I've been around companies where that was the situation. Right. So th- those are just, you know, two examples of agile values. There's also the matter of, you know, Uh, beliefs basically your take on the landscape what you take for granted and you know one thing that has made agile um, work so well for software is that we admit you know Mm -hmm. loud and clear that there's a lot we don't know and there's stuff that can change we do not have all the answers up front and it's not worth trying to get them all up Mm -hmm. front. But then you have many non-software functions that operate as if they can and should get all the answers up front before they get anything started. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So for them saying, you know what, what if we revisited that? What if we assumed that there is stuff that we don't know, but we would discover it through collaboration and feedback and learning and iteration. Could that yield better results? So that for instance, applies to finance. Right. So finance is an interesting function in that, you know, it it wants to, you know, um, set you up for a good future. It wants to minimize risk. But we like you and I know what it's yeah. like when finance plans years in advance and everybody basically um, right. is on the receiving end of that. And that's right. Right? Yeah. There's no exactly. agility.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, no. These yeah. are great. These are great pointers, and I think uh, I think everybody um, uh, out there is probably saying, "Hey, my my finance department would benefit from certain uh, agility," or you know, my HR <laughs> organization, which is very often driven by laws and and codes and everything, right? For which makes it possibly more difficult for some, right? To to see to see the power of agile. What's interesting though right. is you. All your books have the word Agile in it, including the Agile <laughs> Mindset book, right, rather than Scrum, right, or actually Correct. specific processes, right? And I think what mm-hmm. we can hear from you is that you're positioning this as like a, a value, obviously, right, because it's a value-based um, system here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're really focusing on the outcomes. And uh, and for those teams, that's probably a good point to talk about values, right?
1: Absolutely. and. Um, you're correct to observe that I do not work with Scrum specifically. I, I often do, but it's not my solution. In my, my outcome for clients is for them to become agile or more agile with a solution that fits them. Sometimes it's Scrum, sometimes it's not. Um, the only way I know to make it fit for the client is to do this type of, you know, top-down assessment of what are we trying to get to? What problem Mm -hmm. are we solving? What should we optimize for in order to uh, maximize our chance of success? Those are values. What are we assuming about, you know, the work ourselves, the customer, the technology, the people, and so on. Those Mm -hmm. are the beliefs. And, and, and you basically design a way of working from that. Mm -hmm. Um, if if you want to kind of take a shortcut and and take something that has been popularized, um, if it fits, go for it. Go for it. But otherwise, it's very much about the agility, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's let's take a coach. Like uh, let's put ourselves into the shoes of a coach, um, agile coach, scrum master, mm-hmm. or something like that, who's working currently within an i within um, an IT team or works with a team or an Mm -hmm. IT organization. And let's say that person is uh, confronted with, hey, why don't we explore other business units with agility and introduce agility to it, and that person might be very, very excited, but um, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. Are there there any practices, tools, techniques you would see in IT uh, being used and successfully used in in agile teams that uh, you would say are challenging in the non-IT side? Um, I don't want to put any words that i don't want to lead i don't want to lead this question here, but if there is anything where you feel like all right, if you're if you're doing the following things in i t that is something you have seen most of the time being a, a challenging thing because we we do use some tech lingo on there sometimes when
1: right? yes, and that turns people off like nothing else, right mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> okay so I, i'm gonna start with a blanket statement, and the blanket statement is that for knowledge work such as the work all our listeners are doing yeah i don't think that there are best practices i think they are really good ideas there are practices that have worked for a lot of people there are mm-hmm. definitely practices worth trying but don't expect there to be you know a checklist you can copy mm-hmm. or anything to just copy paste so for instance, um, you know, there is the age old argument, should you have sprints or should you limit work in progress? Well, both mm-hmm. are legitimate depending on what you're trying to do. Or um, stories, right? So should you write stories just so? Yes. Or, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or, or should you simply focus on understanding the problem you're trying to solve and coming up with a solution that you, know, you can clearly tie to the outcome and understanding who, who it's serving? Okay, mm-hmm. what format you use, okay, but uh, are you at least tying your work to something meaningful? Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to um, technology, there is so much that we do there that, well, first off, it took us a long time to discover or to really um, crystallize. That just doesn't carry over at all, right? So for instance, one really basic thing we do in, in software development is automated testing, right? Mm-hmm. Automated testing, allows us to reduce the cost of change, to make change safer, mm-hmm. to allow us to um, change little things relatively quickly and cheaply and safely. Mm-hmm. You That doesn't carry over all that well to other functions. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I was writing the book in an action, I customized the process for myself. Um, th- I did not have any auto testing. <laughs> on my book other than you know the spell check the spell check is like running a compiler it's it's meaningless in terms of have i um you know broken something
0: right
1: which also means that if you want to create change for instance via refact it becomes a bit more challenging Mm -hmm. so i don't want people to try to copy paste automated testing that makes no sense but i do want them thinking you know from a principle approach and saying, all right, we're going to be changing stuff. How can we make that a, you know, a, a safe and, mm-hmm. you know, affordable experience? What right. would that look like? Um, so that is the line of thinking that, you know, I, I want for people now mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, practices and such that, you know, carry over or not. Here is one that I have found difficult and that's the concept of product owner. The concept of product owner in tech is a very challenging one. You're expecting a single person to be both external-looking and inward-looking, to be both strategic and tactical, to be an excellent communicator, and, of course, to have a bunch of time in the day to do all Mm -hmm. of this stuff okay so in tech we've sort of figured that out and a lot of companies are succeeding with that but of course there are other models i i've had many clients with you know different arrangements Mm -hmm. but the idea is that you have somebody to know to manage the list of outcomes somebody to do prioritization sequencing somebody to um basically say all right we are favoring this over that and here is why and so on if you take that for instance into a marketing function who's your product owner it uh-huh. may be obvious mm-hmm. in some situations let's say you're marketing a show it might be the producer who knows um but if you're marketing you know an application who should that really be and and quite often marketing teams discover that the best place person for this is the manager and you know people coming from tech say oh no 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 you cannot do that managers should of the team should not be product owners but you also need to be pragmatic and sometimes if the manager acts as a PO and not as a boss, that's totally legitimate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that so is something, yeah. Yeah, definitely a good point, yeah. I, I wanted to explore this one topic, and when I said I didn't want to have a leading question here, but you, you, you brought it up, right? So let's talk about it, user stories, or stories in general, right? Um, mm-hmm. Very popular um, technique to to fill, let's say, a backlog or something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and that sometimes, based on my experience, when I, I did some work with them, that are often falls short on the on the non-IT on the non-IT side, right? To these templates approaches, so they're often using something else. Is that something you would share? You you brought it up, story. So i just want to take a little bit of a deeper dive. Uh, I,
1: I I'm I'm really allergic to the template. And I know this will cause some of our listeners to say, oh, he's an idiot. But I'm, I'm really allergic to the template because I have found that it turns people's brains off.
0: Hmm.
1: I I want everybody to be strategic, meaning they do work that matters. And it matters because it ties to some higher level objective. Mm-hmm. Capture your work in a way that respects that. I don't care how you do it. I don't care if you use a template. I don't care if you use Jira. Use something that um, allows you to capture the information in a way mm-hmm. that works for your team and, and your stakeholders and you won't lose it. And it's kind of easy to get with, um, you know, to find your way around. You see the forest for the trees, mm. stuff like that. Yeah. That's it. How That's you do it, it yeah. I, don't, I don't really mind yeah you know so this- i i just i just have to say something about this like oh. if i showed you the i used to manage my work okay mm-hmm. you, you might say but there's no stories here <laughs> well no there's no stories all the ever have on the board is deliverables right which is really what stories capture ultimately but Everything there is there for a reason and the reason if it's not obvious, it's written down. If a date matters, the date is there. Um, But it doesn't conform to a template. It's Mm -hmm. a method that works for me. If I had a big team and I needed something that uh, was more elaborate or something that was differently formatted, we would do that.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah.
1: But yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely. It saw so I I, I saw a similar kind of patterns in the world of how we we take uh, agile uh, out of you know out of the IT function, and then some things are just having a very uh, easy way of being introduced to other parts of an organization. Whereas this one, especially the user studies you said it, I wanted to bring it up. So uh, that's one that's not necess- necessarily a natural fit. Um,
1: yeah. Oh, oh, and let me give you one more.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> please go for it. The board, of the <laughs> blah blah
1: board. Thing. Right. So we want a board because it visualizes work and and the workflow and where stuff is. Great. What should be on the board? Right. So Mm -hmm. the idea is that everybody customizes their own, but of course, our tools kind of hint to us what the board should look like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: (laughs) right? Which which columns it should have, and so on. But again, if you look at other functions, they don't follow necessarily the same flow, right? Um, So for instance, you know, both of us are in the consulting business. Okay. Mm -hmm. We, I I run mine in an agile manner. I can only assume you do too. Mm -hmm. We have the situation that doesn't apply to software teams. And that is half the stuff of what that we work on depends on people totally outside our team, clients Mm -hmm. essentially, right? And event planners and who else. And stuff waits, When we wait for a response, this is not an impediment. It might graduate to become an impediment, but it's not an impediment, right? So I send somebody an email, they might reply in 10 minutes or in three days or never. That's just a normal thing for my process. It is not the same for software teams, right? so software teams would say well if you depend on some other uh party maybe they should be part of your team well you know there's a limit to that right. but even if they're not part of your team you send somebody off to you know with that and and reduce the delays and whatever because mm-hmm. those are usually the exceptions it's the norm so mm-hmm. we need our process to account for that um if you're for instance at you know hr and let's say they're hiring people mm-hmm. there's so many you know external communication with the, man, the hiring managers, with the candidates, with legal, with who, I don't know who else, that is totally normal for their process. But if you gave them a typical software workflow, right, yeah. in development, in test, accepted, blah, 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 it doesn't apply. It
0: doesn't apply, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So there's another good distinction here and, uh, and thanks for that. Um, That's cool. At the end, uh, I said in the beginning, we're recording this in August, 2020, and we're in the middle of, uh, (laughs) at least here in the U S we're in the middle of, uh, um, COVID, um, COVID-19. I hope it's the middle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and, uh, so we're dealing, we're dealing with these, um, these things. And, um, I was just thinking, in IT, uh, just to build the bridge again from IT to non-IT, what we're t- talking about here today, um, software teams can easily collaborate uh, using tools, work from home. Um, you know, Some might say it's not ideal, but at least they can do it, right? On the non-IT side, do you see any kind of... Uh, uh, especially COVID-related, like working from, you know, remote areas, distributed teams, et cetera, where additional adjustments had to be made to either uh, their way of how they conduct their business or the impact on agile and their mindset. Is there anything like a marketing team, for example, or think people that are building actual products together, right? Um, they must be very challenged right now. Yes,
1: look, I have relatively little data on this, so I I don't Mm -hmm. want to generalize, but I have not seen any indication that it's really any different for non-software teams who are now working from home and kind of need to work together. What I think is definitely common to everybody is that in the move to work from home, certain things have changed, um, partly because we went into it in panic mode Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it took a while to adjust, and, and that is really preserving the teamness,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Uh, a lot of people have been reporting that their work from home construct is more productive than before. And then of course they have explanations why that is and whatever. And, and some of it is, is legitimate because people have more flexibility with their time, they can work when they have a peace, peace of mind and so on, fine. Mm-hmm. But are they really working as a team now or has that taken a hit? I have seen lots of evidence of that in, in the software teams that I've been working with since the pandemic started.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's, it's hard for me to say what it's like for other teams um, because when it, it's, it's the age-old problem of you know out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, people have their own to-do lists or columns in the tool or uh, they have stuff on their plates and so on and um, in in the desire to keep looking productive and and you know contributing um i'm wondering if there has been a bit of a retrenchment to working mm-hmm. individually as mm-hmm. opposed to really collaborating as a team yeah so that that has been my my biggest concern
0: mm-hmm. yeah i would second that right so there's uh, it's, it's every time it's funny right when teams are like hey i'm actually more productive working from home than i I uh, used to be at work and it's like, <laughs> what was happening at work? And they see all the meetings and things like that. Right. Where people find out more productive working from home. Uh, but you know, I also, I personally, this is a story I have to share here is uh, sometimes I do see uh, product teams being challenged we're like working on prototypes and real hardware related kind of things. Right. Yeah. Um, that, that's a little tricky then. Um, but they find ways, uh, they find ways to uh, accommodate that. This was super interesting. You I must say that's. uh, yeah. Super cool topic here, Agile for Non Software Teams, um, book published in 2019 by Gil Brosa. Uh, that is also your Twitter handle. I'm sorry, everybody has to wait to the end of this podcast to uh, hear that Twitter handle. I'm going to put it also on the <laughs> uh, show page that is Gil Brosa, G uh, I L B R O Z, like in Zebra A. That's uh, one word uh, Twitter handle. That people can find that on the show page, links to the books. What people just learned from you is. Um, how agile the mindset, right? Very important here is being applied mm-hmm. in non-IT uh, teams, and uh, that is the title of your last book. We also learned the the challenges you see with product owner boards, and we just learned that uh, somebody is allergic to user stories.
1: Uh, not to user stories, to the template. <laughs> the
0: template. Yes, yes that's right. Uh, yeah. That's right. Cool. Uh, Gil, thank you so much uh, for spending the time here with the listeners. Uh, and uh, we'll, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear more of that topic and hopefully from you um, and possibly the, the follow-up, and more stories to be shared, because there is a big, big world of non-IT out there that can mm-hmm. improve their agility. Uh,
1: thank you so much for having me. And I, I would simply like to extend an offer to the, um, to the audience. Just mm-hmm. contact me and let's talk you know, no strings attached. I'm, I'm so keen about the subject. You know, I've been in agile 20 years and, um, it's like, a it, way it's like starting over and, yeah. and it's so exciting for me. So, you know, just reach out to me uh, if it's on LinkedIn, actually write a note. So I know the cool. context and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we'll just talk.
0: Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. People will find ways just through the show page, um, uh, through LinkedIn, they find you, they find you through this and, uh, Let's continue the dialogue. I'm sure there is a bunch of people out there who have follow-up questions to this one. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.